Okay, hello, and welcome to the eighth seed mock draft. Yep, welcome. Okay, so I'm here with Jordan, um, and he will be picking for all the odd teams. And I, oh, he'll be picking for all the even teams, and I will be picking for all of the odd teams. Um, and that starts us off right away. No surprise, I'm picking for the Jaguars right here. And anybody that doesn't say Trevor Lawrence is just doing it for pub- publicity at this point. Yeah, I totally agree. There's no doubt. Trevor Lawrence, the top guy. Everyone's known that since he was a senior in high school. Everyone knows he was going to go number one overall. No doubt about it. Yeah, so the Jaguars get their veteran quarterback, and now the Jets are on the clock. Yeah, so with that being said, at pick number two, we have the New York Jets. Honestly, I think there's only one selection here. When you're this high in the draft and you have the chance to get a premier quarterback, a guy that I believe will be an all-pro within the next few years. You just got to go for it. I think Zach Wilson has all the potential in the world. He checks all the boxes for the Jets, and I think he'll uh, be able to thrive on the big stage of the New York Lights. So that's And, and yep. after that pro day he had at BYU, I don't think there's any more doubt. It'll be interesting, though, to see what they do now with Sam Darnold. Exactly. So uh, talking about the Sam Darnold trade, now you got a 49ers who traded up to the third overall pick. And a lot of people are projecting them to take Mac Jones or Justin Fields here. I'm going to throw a curveball. I say they take Trey Lance. No team trades up to the third overall pick to pick a player like Mac Jones, who I see being like Andy Dalton. If you're going to pick a quarterback at the third overall pick, you want them to be a superstar, and Trey Lance has that potential. Exactly. I totally agree with that. The 49ers have even come out and publicly said that they're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is their guy for the 2021 season because they can believe they, believe they can win now. With that being said... Trey Lance, he out of the top, out of the remaining like three first round quarterbacks, he probably has the most it factor. He can run, he can throw, and coming from a small D one college, I mean, there's a lot going to be a lot of haters, but the upside is crazy. So I think that's a great pick. Yeah, he's got the highest ceiling, the lowest floor, but having a chance to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo and not be thrown into the bright lights right away, I think will suit him very well. Totally agree. Uh. Pick number four, the Falcons. They have a big, they have a big choice here. Um, I think the Falcons just mix of their young players and their old core, like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I don't really see them picking this high again within the next few years. I think they have a great foundation that just needs to be revamped, and I really don't see them picking this high ever again. Oh, not ever again. Well, in the next few years. So, I think this is their only selection to take a top quarterback um, without having to give up a lot of draft compensation. So I think they get a guy that will sit under Matt Ryan, which will be perfect. He's a perfect mentor and uh, just develop into a good quarterback. And I think Justin Fields checks off all the boxes for the Atlanta Falcons. So with the fourth overall pick, the Falcons are taking Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the modern kind of quarterback. He can run, he can throw. And that kind of offense with the Falcons, with Todd Gurley, Calvin Ridley, uh, Julio Jones, and with Matt Ryan leaving soon, he'll have a great opportunity Yeah, off to a huge start in the NFL. But at the fifth pick, we have the Bengals, and a lot of people are, t- are thinking that they're going to get a wide receiver or offensive weapon, and all of the big ones are still on the board here. However, I don't think there's any way they pass at Penny Swell from Oregon. He's the, probably the best player in this draft besides Trevor Lawrence, and they need somebody pr- to, pr- to protect Joe Burrow after last year. Yeah. I've seen a lot of re- I've seen a lot recently. Um, people taking um, Rashawn Slater, even um, Darisol, uh, the offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech, 
over Sewell, but I just I can't agree with that. I mean, even though he didn't play last season, everyone knows Sewell is the best tackle in the draft. He's the most athletic tackle in this class. He has the upside to be a franchise left tackle and all pro, and he's the best tackle prospect we've seen since Trent Williams coming back coming out of Oklahoma in 2010. I think this is a no-brainer for the Bengals who need to protect Joe Burrow. And he was so dominant in the year he in the past year before he even played this season because he didn't play at all. He opted out like a lot of other players did. And if you can imagine this kid who was very young and he was this dominant, an extra year of just pure practice, he's going to be a beast in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so pick six, we got the Dolphins. I just like to say the Dolphins played their cards perfectly. I think the trades they've made, they're really um, building their – they're really setting the line for the success for the coming years. And – I think Brian Flores is building something great down to Miami and to help to a, a young quarterback, he's going to need some weapons. I've seen a lot of chatter about Devonta Smith because Devonta Smith and um, Tua Tagovailoa have that connection from college, but I don't really see there's, there's only one wide receiver number one here and he's still left on the board. So I, with, so I have the Miami Dolphins taking Jamar Chase, the best wide receiver in the draft. Yeah. I mean, they did add Will Fuller this offseason. They got Devonta Parker or Devontae Parker, but Jamar Chase is just another caliber. And they had a huge success with Jarvis Landry out of LSU. Odo Beckham came from LSU a couple years ago. These LSU receivers are Justin Jefferson last year. These LSU receivers are coming to the NFL and start right away. And this is a huge weapon for Tua. Exactly. So at the seventh pick, we have the Detroit Lions. They're kind of an interesting position here as they lost both of their receivers, or they lost Kenny Galladay and they lost a Matthew Stafford. It'll be an interesting kind of spot here. A lot of people don't know what they're going to do here. And Kyle Pitts is still on the board, but they have TJ Hawkinson from a couple years ago. And I think they're going to take Jalen Waddle right here. Yeah, Jalen Waddle, they definitely a wide receiver. They um un- they lost obviously they lost Kenny Galladay, but I think an even more underrated loss is Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, he's a quarterback's best friend. He's a guy, a good route runner that'll get open, good hands, and um Jared Goff, he's thrown into a new system. He's going to need some weapons to throw the ball to. So I think Joey Lamont is a good pick. Yeah, and even if Jared Goff, which probably he's not the guy of the future, but any quarterback is going to need somebody to throw to. And TJ Hawkinson is good, but he's not the number one receiver on any sort of NFL team. Jaden Waddle has that chance, and I think this is a perfect fit for him. Yeah. So at pick eight, the Carolina Panthers, they're an awkward spot here because the top four quarterbacks are off the board, and I don't really think – they will take Mac Jones. Um, I know there's been a lot of chatter about Mac Jones going top five, but I, I really, I think once it comes down to the draft, I don't think Mac Jones will even touch top 10. Um, so with that being said, they have a big decision here. They could take O-line to protect Teddy. Although I don't think Teddy's they both the Panthers and us like uh, fans agree that Teddy is not, the quarterback of the future, but you still build an offensive line. They could take some weapons like Kyle Pitts or Devonta Smith. And I think that's the route they'll take. Um, although they have uh, three good receivers, I think uh, they throw a tight end in that mix. Even though I think Kyle Pitts projects more of a big slot receiver in um, in the NFL, he, he can do it all. So I think at pick eight, they have the second, in my opinion, the second best player in the draft on the board. So I think, Kyle Pitts at number 
Yeah, and after losing Curtis Samuel this past free agency, they need another weapon, no matter who the quarterback is. And they do have DJ Moore, they do have Robbie Anderson, they do have um, CMC, who's probably one of the top players in the league, and he's coming back from injury. But Kyle Pitts at number eight is just too good of a value to pass up for, especially when you need a tight end. So at pick number nine, we all have the Broncos, and they're also in a very interesting spot here. They have a good offense, they have a good defense, but they just didn't have a great year last year. And the reason for that was because they didn't have any quarterback play. Now, Mac Jones, I don't believe he's going to be a franchise quarterback. I don't believe he's going to be a pro bowler. But the Broncos do need somebody to throw the ball, and Mac Jones will come in. He'll be great to start with. He had a lot of weapons out there. People are discrediting his success. But the Broncos will have a lot of weapons with Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. He's got all these guys to throw to, and I think that's where the Broncos are going to go with the ninth pick. They're going to get take Mac Jones. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. Um, Mac, I, I really don't think – a lot of people are high on Drew Locke. I just don't see it. Um, when a lot of people look back at his rookie year when he they finished up the season 4-1, and one, um, although those four wins were good, people forget to look at that one loss where he got absolutely obliterated by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I just never, I've never been high on Drew Locke. Um, so yeah, I think this is a good pick. Uh, Mac Jones, although he doesn't have the highest ceiling, he definitely has a high floor and it'll help you win some games. So I think it'll especially help with the development of his former Alabama teammate, Jerry Judy, along with, uh, Corlin Sutton, who's coming back from injury. And they, they did, they, they did give Drew Locke a chance last year. They also had Joe Flacco, but he's gone. Well, he's not really a factor anymore. But they did give him a chance. He didn't perform. It's time to move on, and it's time to actually use the weapons they have there. Mm-hmm. So at pick ten, we got the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, there's only been one real pick that I've seen in a lot of mock drafts, and I think there's. Uh, I think this is the route they're going to go. I don't see any way around it. Uh, they're going to take the best cornerback on the board, and that's got to be Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. Uh, dude can line up anywhere. Um, he's primarily um, a boundary cornerback, but he can play all corner, um, fast, good hands. And I think he's, uh, especially next to his former Alabama teammate, Trayvon Diggs, uh, they're gonna, Dallas is building a scary secondary in the NFC East. And Dallas needs somebody to kind of come in and make a big impact right away. I think Pat Sertan can do that. I don't love Pat Sertan. He's going to be uh, the top cornerback that everybody's talking about. He will be, but I do think he can lock down almost any receiver to an extent, and putting him in this Dallas defense will help them because they need a lot of help, and that's for sure, just in their secondary together. And Patrick Sertan's probably the best cornerback available right now. So at pick number 11, we have the Giants. The Giants need a lot. They did get Kenny Galladay in free agency, and I think get Kenny Galladay, you have Saquon Barkley, you have Daniel Jones, you have quite a few weapons, but the issue for them for the past 20 years has been their offensive line. And they got a guy like Rashawn Slayer sitting here at pick number 11. They need an offensive lineman. They've got an offensive lineman. And I see them t- taking Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Also, I, what I love with Rashawn Slater is his flexibility. Dude can play virtually every position on the offensive line. Great pass blocker. He's going to have to um, become a little bit of a better run blocker at the next level. But I think uh, next to Andrew Thomas, who started off the season really bad, but as the season progressed, he did make some improvements along with Will Hernandez, who had a very bad season last year. He actually got benched. Um, but I think looking at Will Fuller's – or not Will Fuller, Will Hernandez's first two seasons in the NFL, uh, he was very good, very promising. So I think the Giants have a base to build off of. And being in the NFC East, they're going to have to go against the Redskins, who every year are looking more and more as a defensive powerhouse. And they got Chase Young, and they need a guy to match that. And I think Rashawn Slayer is that guy. 
Also, uh, don't sleep on my Philadelphia Eagles, who <laughs> we're actually going to transition to now. I mean, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett. People underrate these Eagles' offensive line, but they're still a top five, probably a top five unit in the NFL. Uh, and number 12, uh, as we transition, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, see, the draft could play out a lot of different ways. Uh, I honestly think the top three wide receivers could be gone by number 12. But I think uh, with Devonta Smith sitting here, there's really no other pick. They need a wide receiver desperately. And Devonta Smith, big playmaker. A lot of people are concerned about his size, only weighing in at 170 pounds. But you just look at the tape. The dude can do it all. He can fly down the field. Great route runner. Great hands. And he'll help you win some football games. So, yeah, I don't see any way else about, around it. Devonta Smith at 12. Yeah, I mean, people talk about his size as is an issue, but we've seen – Time and time again, size isn't exactly the only thing that matters in the NFL. I mean, Russell Wilson's a sub six foot quarterback and he's been great. And it's not like Devonta Smith's been playing these shorter, smaller, not as talented um, quarterbacks. He plays in the SEC and he's got the Heisman. He obviously has talent and his size is an issue, but he's worked with it his entire career and he's showed that it doesn't really affect him that much. And the Eagles need a receiver and they can get a receiver right here. Yeah, that's actually, um, I actually saw an interesting stat the other day. The SEC puts um, the most players in the NFL by a long shot. So him playing in the SEC, that's that's no joke. He's, he's going up against a lot of um, future NFL cornerbacks. And he's um, producing great numbers, obviously. He won the Heisman last year. So, yeah, I, I don't think that, that um, his physicality should really be a concern at the next level. So now we have the Chargers. Chargers had a great year last year. Oh, well, not a great year, but they had a lot, they showed a lot of promise Very promising year. year, yeah. Very promising year. And you look at this pick – a lot of people think they might get uh, Darisaw from Virginia Tech as he's a tackle and he needs somebody to protect Herbert. However, I don't think they're going to go that route. I think they're going to go on the defensive side. Um, Derwin James has been a great safety, but he has so many injury concerns and need another young player in that secondary. And they have J.C. Horn right here at fourteen or 13. And this is a good pickup. Helps them on defense. And it's just a very solid cornerback to help his secondary that needs a lot of help. Yep, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm in love with J.C. Horn. I love um, his stuff. He's Great in coverage. Oh, he just ran a, f- a sub 4-4 at his pro day. I He's flying up draft boards right now. And honestly, if the Eagles didn't take Devonta Smith at 12, that was the second guy I thought um, would fit them perfectly. J.C. Horn, you put him in the any secondary, and he'll instantly make an impact. And you don't draft for the players that – for the for, to go against teams in your division. But this obviously helps going against uh, the – Broncos, who have that plethora of wideouts, and then obviously the Chiefs, who have Tyreek Hill. You need somebody to try to stop those guys, and J.C. Horn can do that. Yeah. So at pick thirteen or fourteen, rather, um, the Minnesota Vikings. See, the Minnesota Vikings. There's there's a lot of routes they could go. Um, they need a lot of position of help, especially on the defense, and that's why I'm leaning against or. Um, uh, leading towards a little bit of an interesting pick here. Uh, another guy that's been flying up draft boards. Uh, he obviously, he actually um, retired for two years of his college career, but he's been showing off recently. He it, had an insane pro day, and he's just flying up draft boards right now. So I think at pick uh, 14, they really need some edge help because they're not even sure if Daniel Hunter is going to come back. So I think they take Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Uh, yeah, he, him and Gregory Russo, both extremely talented players from a school that's done very well recently with drafts. But they do need somebody because especially now if they, if they do draft Jalen Phillips, it gives them a chance to replace 
Daniel Hunter if he does leave. But at pick 15, now we have the Patriots. Very interesting position here. And they do have Micah Parsons available at seven. And I don't see any way you can pass up this talent at this pick. Yeah, I've loved Michael Parsons ever since um, his, his sophomore year. We looked back, uh, even though he put in play last season, we can't forget his sophomore year. Absolutely insane. He was the MVP of that Penn State defense that um, almost made the college football playoffs. And I think, uh, yeah, he'll slide perfectly right in right next to the um, Donta Hightower in that Patriots linebacker uh, unit. And I think, uh, oh, make an instant impact. Yeah, and a top 10 player by many people's perspectives. He's been dropping and dropping and dropping because of his character concerns. However, you go to a place new, like Wink, they're known for curing those kind of concerns about any player. Yeah. At pick 16, we got the Arizona Cardinals again in another awkward spot. Um, right now, they're, they're in the best division in football, and I don't think it's really close. They got four playoff caliber teams in that division. And, um, yeah, they brought in J.J. Watt, which helps out uh, their defensive line. That was uh, a little bit – they struggled at some points. And plus they lost uh, Hassan Reddick last year, who had a breakout season, 12 sacks last year, including the five-sack outing against the – I forget what team it was, but had a five-sack outing. So I think um, they, they need to bolster that defense, especially when they're playing offensive powerhouses like the Rams, like the Seahawks next year. So I think – um, bolster that secondary, take the next best corner on the board, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. So I think that's going to be the pick. Yeah, Caleb Farley, Farley, very smart player. And losing a uh, Pat Pete in free agency to the Vikings, they need somebody, they need some youth. And comparing him with Buda Baker in the secondary, I mean, there's a lot of talent in that division, as you said. And Caleb Farley is a guy who can get it done. Um, and I personally think he's in the same conversation with guys like J.C. Horn and Pat Sertam. They're all kind of around the same value to me. And getting a guy like that at 16, especially a cornerback, which is one of the more highly valued positions in the NFL, is just a huge steal. Yeah, I totally agree. So the Raiders had to pick at 17. They need as much help as they can get. And after getting rid of basically their entire offensive line, they do have Darisol from Virginia Tech sitting right here, and I think that's exactly who they're going to take. This is a kid that can get it done. Tough division to play right in and not a lot of help on, on the offensive side. But they do need somebody, and I think this is the kid they're going to go with. Yeah, Darisol, big kid out of Virginia Tech. Very explosive. Um, he'll make big plays on the O-line, and I think uh, he'll fit perfectly in this uh, Raiders uh, offensive line unit that probably took the biggest toll out of any unit in uh, free agency this year. Yeah, I agree. So next up, we have the Dolphins, and that's your pick. They, they need a lot right here. Yeah, they um, there's a lot of way, a lot of way, um, ways they could go. But I've seen this, um, I've seen this um, pick in many months before, and I just love the fit. It's a match made in heaven. I think uh, this guy will come in and fit perfectly on this offensive line unit for the Miami Dolphins that will need to protect Tua to be successful and make the playoffs next year. So I think there's only one direction they can go, and that's Elijah Vera Tucker out of Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Um, yeah, I, anything to say about that? Yeah, very talented kid, and everyone talks about how important it is for the wideouts and for the running backs and for the tight ends and for the quarterbacks. But you can't get any of that stuff done without an offensive line that has a lot of talent. And they had a pick from last year from USC, 
who was fine, but they kind of need more offensive line and, and more talent on that unit. Yes. People, like, people blame Tua. They say he didn't have a great year last year, but you can't really blame him if he didn't have any, anybody protecting him. And much in the same way that Joe Burrow got some protection in, the, in this mock draft, Tua's going to get the exact same. Yeah, exactly. So next up, we have Washington. This is an interesting pick right here. They don't have a quarterback available, and that's, exa- that's really the biggest need for this team. They don't need a lot of defensive help, and I think they're going to go with Rashad Bateman. They did pick up Curtis Samuel in free agency. They do have Terry McLaurin, but any quarterback's going to need that big physical receiver, and that's exactly what Rashad Bateman can bring to this team. He's enough different from Terry and from Curtis Samuel that it's not going to be more of smaller, quicker wideouts. He can bring physicality, and he can really stretch the field and give Washington one of the better, one of the younger and better receiving cores in the entire NFL. Yeah, Rashad um, Bateman, he's an interesting pick. A lot of people have him going anywhere from late lottery to early second round. I think he's a very safe receiver. He he reminds me a lot of Justin Jefferson with the size and also his all-around um, ability. He can do basically everything. He doesn't really stand out in one thing, but he'll provide uh, very, uh, very many uh, ways to help you on the field. And I think uh, Rashad Beeman's a great pick at 19. And with so many other receivers in the draft, really talented receivers in the list, but with so many other ones, I think his value has been diminished just a little bit. And getting him a 19 is extremely good value because in any other draft, it might be a top 15, like a 15 to 10 range pick. But because of the other value and other receivers available, he's split a little bit. Yeah, now next up we got the Bears. Um, Probably had the most disappointing free agency, I'd say. Um, They had the opportunity to go get a quarterback or even re-sign Mitchell Trubisky, but they settled on um, Andy Dalton, who didn't have a great year last year, and I think a lot of Bears fans in general are very upset. Um, But anyway, he's going to be the guy for next season, and you're going to have to protect him. And The offensive line for the Bears last year didn't do a great job protecting Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. So I've seen this guy, another guy that's been flying off the boards. He's probably the most scary – Offensive tackle in the draft this year. Big dude, very powerful. So I think they take Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Yeah, Tevin Jenkins is an absolute beast. I was watching some film of him against Joseph Osai, who's going to be another um, early pick in this draft. And he's extremely underrated. There's tons of tackles in this draft. And the Bears have a lot of weapons. They have um, Alan Robinson. They got him back this year. And the offensive side, the weapons have been the issue. It's been a quarterback, but you got to help out your because you can't get a quarterback with this pick. Just two, all of them are off the board. You got to get at least somebody that can help them on a different way than just beating the corners. So a pick like this, like Taven Jenkins, is just going to really help them um, bolster that offensive line with a lot of help. So the Colts are up next. The Colts are an interesting position here. Um, they need a wide out. They also need some offensive line help. But there is two guys sitting here right now: Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore both of which are extremely talented players on the smaller and quicker end. And I think that's kind of what they need here. They have T.Y. Hilton, who's kind of that position, but he's getting way older. They did take Michael Pittman last year, but he's more of a big physical receiver. And I think that's why Elijah Moore fits so perfectly with the Colts at the 21st pick. Yeah. Elijah Elijah Moore out of Mississippi, best slot receiver in college football last year. Absolute flyer. You saw he ran a 4-3 at the Combine, or at the Pro Day. Yeah, I think uh, he'll slide right into this Colts uh, unit and uh, help Carson Wentz while they try to make a playoff push next year. 
At pick 22, we got the Tennessee Titans, another team that had a very disappointing free agency. Uh, they lost uh, well, they lost Jadavian Clowney, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith. Uh, and they're still trying to make a playoff push. And the one guy they did bring in was Buda Baker. Or not Buda Baker. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bud Dupree. Sorry. Uh, Bud Dupree. And so I still, I still think they need help on that defense. And I don't think they're in as bad of a place as a lot of, uh, a lot of other people think. So I think at this point, they just take best available. And there's one guy sitting on the board that I, I just I don't know how he slipped here, but he's still here. And that's Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, the best coverage linebacker in the draft. I think he'll go into any team and instantly make an impact, being a cover, being a slot safety, or even or being or being even lined up in, in coverage, um, or being lined up under center in the middle. But he he's he's an absolute flyer, sideline to sideline guy, and he'll make an instant impact for any team. Yeah, he's a freak. I mean, this guy's huge. He's quick. There's not really much he can't do. And adding him with Bud Dufresne kind of gives that big boost to that defense, which needs it after they lost a lot of their secondary, a lot of their wide receivers. They need something to kind of bring this team together, a little bit of an identity here. And adding him along with Bud Dupree just creates this new identity for Vrabel, who, is, who was a linebacker. So I think this is a perfect Yeah, game. Vrabel loves his linebackers. So <laughs> I think it's a match made in heaven. Exactly. So next up for the Jets, they already had an earlier pick with Zach. Well, they got another pick here. They went quarterback. I think they go on the other side of the ball here and take Quiddy Payne from Michigan. He's a very talented kid. Could use a little bit of help, but developmental-wise, I think he's a perfect player. The Jets just need somebody to get to the quarterback, and I think Quiddy Payne can do that. Yeah, Quiddy Payne out of Michigan. I watched a lot of Michigan games, but Michigan games last year he made an instant impact. Um, he'll come into any system, and he'll instantly provide pressure to, on the quarterback. So at 24, we got the Steelers. So I'm a little torn here because in the past, the Steelers have shown that they go out and they get their – they go out and reach to get their guy. And um, so, like they did in 2019 with taking uh, Terrell Edmonds, even though he was projected to be a second, even third-round guy. I think – I honestly – this is my one big uh, prediction of the draft. I think uh, – I think they're sitting at 24. They just be- – Big Ben is just not – he after next year, I, I don't I don't really think he's their guy. So this is my one big uh, prediction of the draft. I say at pick twenty four, the Steelers take Davis Mills, quarterback out of Stanford, at pick twenty four. They got to get their guy for the future, and I think Mills brings a very good skill skill set to what the Steelers are looking for. Underratedly mobile, good arm. Um, you'd like to you'd like to see a little more like pass leading out of him. But I think uh, he, he is a very good developmental quarterback. Sitting under Big Ben could have success in the future. Yeah. Obviously, if we're doing trades, he, we'd probably trade down his pick because he's going to be available in a little bit. But he comes into a great situation. He's got a couple weapons. Juju re-signed this year, be coached by Big Ben. People are really kind of concerned, and they don't really want to give the Steelers a quarterback. However, the Steelers do reach, and the Steelers do get their guys. And a lot of times when the Steelers reach, they get the best player for the position. Um, they know how to draft, and this is a pick that might be under the radar for a lot of people, but quarterbacks are extremely high value, and they don't want to miss out on a player that might be their future. So next up, we have the Jaguars. They already got, the, obviously, Trevor Lawrence at number one, and they need somebody to protect them. 
Walker Little still available from Stanford. Very talented player. And that duo of him and Trevor Lawrence both coming in will help revitalize this offense that needs some help. I think this is a really perfect fit and a great first round for the Jaguars as they're going to be coming out of this with a quarterback and some protection for him. Yeah. So, um, so next we got the Browns. The Browns, uh, I'm very high on them. I think they've they've built this team great. Uh, really, they just need to refine this team or uh, help in the positions that they need some help in. And too too many times, teams underrate the need for trench guys in the trenches. I'm talking about my nose tackles, my defensive tackles. I love these guys. And there's one that's a tier above all the rest. And that's my guy out of Alabama, Christian Barmore, absolute beast. He'll provide that run stop. He can even provide a little bit of um, pass rushing ability. And I think it's a great match for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, him, Miles Garrett, that defensive line just got way scarier. And he's a top 15 talent, top 20 talent, falling to 26. Because not a lot of teams, especially part of the draft, Need that need that big nose tackle, that big run stopper. But when he's available, you got to get him. Shuts down almost an entire facet of the opponent's offense. And just a huge pickup for the Browns. So at pick 27, we the Ravens. Um, they, there is still a lot of defensive talent available at this pick. However, that's not what the Ravens need here. The Ravens need somebody to help out Lamar Jackson. And there's two guys still available, Rondell Moore and Terrence Marshall Jr. Rondell Moore is kind of your speedy. Um, wide receiver, you don't need him when you have Hollywood Brown on the other side. Terrence Marshall, however, he was kind of um, in this, he wasn't in the spotlight with Jamar Chase, but he had a big year, and I think this is a huge, huge, huge pickup to help out Lamar Jackson actually have a weapon to throw to. Yeah, I think uh, definitely great big guy. Definitely will make help make an impact. So next up, we have the Saints at pick twenty eight. They need all the help they can get. Yep. The Saints, uh, another team that took significant losses in in free agency, had to cut a lot of guys to make it under the salary cap, and they are bolstered to their salary cap for the next few years. So they're going to have to primarily build through the draft. Um, there's a lot of ways they could go, um, but definitely they're still, they're still a Super Bowl contender. There's no doubt about it. So I think – they just take best player available here. And I think this guy, he slipped down the board um, just because he didn't play last season. But we can't forget the type of season he had in 2019. Absolute machine. He was the best defensive end in college football. So I think here the Saints help bolster that defensive line and take Gregory Rousseau. Yeah. Rousseau is a player that a lot of people have a lot of concerns about, myself included. However, when do you can get a player – his physical size and his physical attributes, you can still coach. You can't coach that, but you can coach the rest of this technique. And Sean Payton's obviously a great, one of the great coaches of the NFL. And getting some defense, especially at cheap, because he's obviously a rookie, is just a huge, huge, huge pickup for the Saints. And he's a player that can come in and be dominant from day one. But next to the Packers, and this is the one chance, probably the maybe the final chance they have to get. Um, Aaron Rodgers a weapon and there is one left after all these receivers have gone after all these tight ends have gone there's one left sitting here at 29 and that's Rondell Moore Rondell Moore can stretch the field he's very different from Devontae Adams which will give him defensive the defense a little bit of a challenge can stretch the field and do also a lot on special teams and 
if they don't pick a wide receiver here, I don't know if Rodgers is going to want to even pl- try to play there next year. So I think this is kind of a forced pick, but they have to go with Rondell Moore. Yeah. I mean, when you said stretch the field, there's besides Jalen Waddell, there's really only one guy you can really think of, and that's got to be Rondell Moore out of Purdue. Ran a 4-2-9 at his pro day. Dude can absolutely fly. I think this is a great match. Um, it'll provide the defense a different look or provide defenses a different look because they can't just guard Devontae Adams now. Rondell Moore will stretch the field. He'll help Devontae Adams get open along with uh, creating some big plays for Aaron Rodgers. At pick 30 now, uh, we got the Buffalo Bills. I mean, honestly, they're, they're Super Bowl contenders. They just need to refine the places that need um, some help. And I see one guy um, that can really help them out, and I think that that's going to be in the secondary I, I'm a big fan of this dude. Big, fast, great instincts. So I think at pick 30, the Buffalo Bills take Trayvon Morig, safety out of TCU. Yeah, he's a great player. I mean, once again, he's ranked way higher than when he was drafted, but not a lot of teams, especially this late in the draft, need safeties. But if the Bills can add a big hitter and a big um, presence back there, it's going to be huge for them. They kind of need somebody in that secondary to help out Micah Hyde, and this is a player that can do that. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs are my it's my final pick, and a lot of people are thinking they're going to take a tackle or a guard or somebody on the offensive line, and I do think that's a big possibility. However, the Chiefs don't seem to value that position, and getting a rookie offensive lineman doesn't best way to protect your franchise quarterback. So I think instead of doing that, they might find one for agency or through trade. I think here they go and bolster their defense and take a Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, extremely talented player, tons of skill. And this is an actual pick that can compete from day one, help them get back to the Super Bowl. While an offensive lineman is a good pick here, I don't think that a rookie one will be enough. And I, the better service is going and getting one in free agency or going and getting one through trade. Yeah, I love this pick here. I can't believe he actually slipped in our mock. But, I mean, sometimes that happens. Teams go for the needs. And I think either him is he, either him or Jason Owe out of uh, Penn State would have been a great pick here for the Kansas City Chiefs who need help on that defensive line. So sticking with the theme that the Buccaneers have been going for recently, taking sons of former NFL players, I think the Buccaneers round out the first round by taking Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback out of Florida State. When you look at him, absolute absolute flyer down the field and uh, probably the premier slot corner in, in the draft, and I think he'll instantly um, help a Buccaneers team that's trying to repeat the Super Bowl. Yeah, so that's a great pickup. They need somebody to help out on the defense because obviously the defense line, that that, uh, front unit, is one of the best in the league, if not the best. But they need somebody who can go pick off the ball, and Asante Samuel Jr. is perfect after that. Yeah, so do you want to recap um, our our, our first round? Yeah, so we're only doing the first round here. Um, but it was filled with a lot of interesting picks and players falling up and down. There's quite a few guys still available that I personally think have a ton of talent. Greg Newsom is one of my favorite players who fell throughout the draft board. Jason Owe. Yeah, he's a f- extremely talented as well. And I think probably one of the, the, the more, more of the more underrated linebackers, Xavier Collins, also fell through. Xavier Collins, here. yeah, I love him. I've, I think uh, out of Tulsa, he was – He's probably my um, linebacker number three in the class. I think he uh, provides something that no other linebacker provides in this draft. He's a great pass rusher, great um, covered linebacker. Also, Jam and Davis, 
another linebacker out of Kentucky. Uh, he can do it all. He's a prototypical linebacker. He'll do it all for you. Extremely athletic, can fill the holes, and, um, yeah, he'll provide a different look for defenses. Also, um, yeah, I think the run, you can't forget about the running backs, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, definitely guys that can come in right away and help an offense and uh, turn an offense into uh, into a machine. So. Yeah, I think this draft is wait. Last year's draft was talented, but this one has this very one, deep. Yeah, yeah, first round talent throughout the entire second round. And exactly. That's what makes this draft so interesting. Guys like Richie Grant, who are ranked fifty one by PFF, they could go in the first round. I mean, it depends. Really, I think this is a very need based draft, even though there's so many talented players. And with all these quarterbacks going in the beginning, a lot of these guys are going to be falling out of the yeah. first round. So if you're a team like the Jaguars sitting at the 33rd pick, or even a team all the way down to, like, the Broncos at the 40th, you can still get very, very highly ranked. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a great draft to have multiple uh, early-round picks because uh, you can definitely fill a lot of team needs in this draft. Yeah, so to go back through the entire first round, at pick number one, we have the Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence, just a big franchise quarterback. And I'll go over some, like, the more interesting ones. We have Trey Lance, number three, kind of a guy that, it's a very interesting pick here, and I think this is where the draft gets interesting. Looking towards April 29th, draft night. You don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, they could take Max Jones. It could take Justin Fields. It could take Trey Lance, and I think that will ripple throughout the draft on what this first – on what this third is. Yeah. I mean, and the, I think the first interesting one we see is um, Jalen Waddell actually going over Kyle Pitts. I mean, I think these guys, they'll either way, they'll, they'll make an impact for a team. So I, I don't really think this is much concern that – even though Kyle Pitts is probably the better prospect, I don't really see much concern that Jalen Waddle's going over him. It's, at the end of the day, like we said earlier, it's really about um, filling positional needs. And I think Jalen Waddle provides a big uh, need for the Lions at number seven. And the Panthers also get their dream tight end slash slot receiver at number eight. Yeah, I think especially with the receiver position, this is a draft where they're not taking the best receiver available, taking the best receiver that fits their scheme. And all these guys, especially with Jamar going six. Waddle going seventh and Kyle Pitts going eight. They're all the best available for that team. Yeah. And I think the first, I, I, um, I definitely made some more of the out there picks, the more out of the box picks. And I think the first one we really see, um, I don't think, uh, I think as we go toward more towards the draft, it won't look as out of the box as it does right now. But at number 14, the Vikings taking Jalen Phillips. I still think Jalen Phillips is, um, is, is edge number one in the class. I mean, people forget, he 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 left college football for two years because of health concerns. And he came back last year in Miami, made an instant impact. Dude absolutely destroyed his pro day. And I think a lot of teams are high on his potential. Um people forget that he by that 247 ranked him the number one player in his class out of high school. And I think the dude his his upside is is enormous. And I think another really important thing to touch on is a lot of these guys, especially the top twenty picks. A lot of these players did not have a, a year before they came into the draft. A lot of these guys opted out. And I think that leaves very much to be desired for all these scouts because they don't have the, the latest footage for all these players. So guys like Jamar Chase, while many are concerned that they opted out, it also gives them a chance to focus solely on the NFL draft. And I think players like that will make a huge impact day one, a lot more than they would have if they played an entire season, got bruised up, got banged up got some tread off of the tires, and these guys are completely fresh a year off of football and just training. Yeah, um, totally agree. 
Another pick I'd like to touch on, Tevin Jenkins at 20, a guy that's been flying on the draft boards recently because a lot of people are looking at his tape, seeing the physicality. He checks off all the boxes. Big dude, physical, athletic, can kick outside, can play guard if needed. Um, I think it's just a match made in heaven for the Bears that need offensive line help. Yeah, and an important thing to point out here is while all these guys were picked in the and uh, just in general, anyone that gets picked in the first round. Well, if you go back and look at like the 2015 NFL draft and all the analysts and all the things they're saying, half the time they're right, half the time they're wrong. So some of these guys that will be picked later, like Rondell Moore at 29, could very well be the best receiver in this class. But this is just from college, so it's very interesting. That's why it's important to follow these players throughout their entire um freshman year in the NFL because guys like Justin Jeff well last year's draft had tons of talent with Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy going in the early and everyone's saying how good they are the later one like Justin Jefferson ended up being one of the top two players in the entire class yeah so probably the most out of the box pick of the first round it's got to be Davis Mills at 24 but he just but doesn't he just seems like a Steelers quarterback He's just an all-around type of guy. Well, can make some plays on his feet. Underratedly athletic. Um, can throw. He's definitely a safer quarterback. Doesn't won't wow you with the arm talent, but he's a, he's a good. But he can make the plays. Definitely safe quarterback, and he has some potential. And I think sitting under Big Ben, he'll really tap that untap that potential. And I, honestly, we could see um, the Steelers trade back to the early second round and draft him. But you look back at some of these teams. I mean, I'm looking at like the Buccaneers. Tom Brady's not going to be their guy forever, and maybe they take a chance on, um, on Davis Mills and have him sit behind the goat at the position for the next few seasons or for the next two, three seasons, however long he plays. And uh, by the time Tom Brady's done, they'll have a uh, very polished NFL uh, quarterback that's coming ready to play, similar to what like Aaron Rodgers did, sitting behind Brett Favre for a couple seasons. Yeah, and speaking of Aaron Rodgers, this Davis Mills pick reminds you a lot of uh, last year's pick where they took Jordan Love early in the 20, I think it was 27, 28 pick. And that was a player who a lot of people were rejecting to go in the third round or the, early, or the late second. But there's such a huge value in quarterbacks in the NFL. And if you can get your franchise guy, you go get him. Exactly. But that's it for this uh, mock draft. We'll probably do another one closer to the draft. Maybe do the second round as well. Yeah, do it. we definitely would like to do a two-round mock draft. There's a lot of players, as we saw, that are definitely first-round talents but slipped to the second round. So um, if the viewers are interested in a two-round mock draft, we'd definitely be up to do that. And if so, if you came from the uh, Instagram, I appreciate you coming. And if you haven't checked out the 8th Seed Instagram, go check that out. But that's it for this mock draft. We'll be back soon.